Taylor Price, my guy. So what you been up to? Oh man, not much. I'm just trying to get back into my routine of working out and and uh eating right, but it's struggle. Every weekend I I splurge and then it makes Monday a lot harder and then Tuesday I start to get back on it, but that's pretty much it, you know, training and working out. What about you? I mean, same thing, working hard, but like trying to maintain the balance between keeping the fiance happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, planning the wedding and all that stuff, but like managing expectations for myself is like not trying to do too much, but then also at the same time, try to accomplish tasks, at least something every day. And I started talking about that with uh, my last podcast was like, I used to like be really strict on myself, especially in college. I made it a goal of mine to like get better at something every day, mm-hmm. which is impossible. Right. Like, but I put that pressure on myself and I thought, well, if I got better at a video game, that's okay too. Then like I'm rationalizing. Right. Right. I'm not actually getting better at anything. It's like you get better at a video game. Cool. But like, what is that life skill teaching you? Mm-hmm. And it's something that you kind of were harping on a little bit a while ago. I want to say on the the first podcast athlete or i mean on the first i mean yeah i mean that's something that we can go into and i guess that'll kind of be the intro now is uh everybody welcome to the taylor price podcast uh this is my brother coach mason price of complete athlete training and i we're kind of doing a little partnership here with them uh for me i'm going to be producing podcasts for these guys and i have a vision for, for what i want to do for you guys and i'm hoping i can pitch that to gabe yeah because Something that I noticed when you guys were doing your podcast, and I even said that in the text messages, you guys have the juice. Mm-hmm. You guys have that thing that I think the banter between you guys is so good that I don't think that there's a, a reason for you guys not to do something mm-hmm. like that. Um, would I love to be the in-house producer? Hell yeah. Because I could do so much more with my time if I was the only thing I was doing. Right. I could um, I could definitely like take pictures every day, do videos, do all that stuff for you guys, but like tell stories at the same time because... You guys have teams, right? Yep. How many teams do you guys have? Right now we just have, we had three fall teams. We're going to have uh, one national team this winter. Okay. But we're, I'm sure we're going to have more and more. And that's the thing. It's like, I want to tell the story of those teams. Right. We're already going to be talking about on the Complete Athlete Podcast, how to get these kids getting better at the game. Mm-hmm. Why not tell their story on like a cool kind of like progressive, like, hey, this is team A or national team or whatever it is. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. I, I've, I've always thought you've had great ideas especially when it comes to our podcast as well or gabe's podcast but i like to say ours it's gonna be ours yeah um and and yeah i think that's a great idea i think that actually reminds me kind of of anatomy of a fighter yeah by will harris productions um i think that'd be awesome i think if it was something like that um yeah that'd, that'd be super cool and just you know telling these kids stories and getting it out there i mean i i'm pretty interested by some of the TikToks I watch where these these coaches are mic'd up during their training sessions, during practices, or even during games. I thought of that. I was like, I want to get you guys, you Gabe. You guys could be ch- chirping from across yeah, the way. Absolutely. Like, oh, my God. We have, uh, we have a trainer, John Carlson, that we ha- hasn't been on a podcast yet who would be hilarious mic'd up. Um, and then we have a trainer, Sam Crick, who also would be hilarious mic'd up right. in his training sessions. Um. Yeah, I think that'd be really entertaining. And I I mean, I think those draw views and I, you know, it's kind of giving the viewers like an intimate, you know, 
look on what the training sessions is li- yeah. are like what what are the practices like and what are the games are like for for the coaches and the players so I mean, it's going to be a journey for you guys too as coaches because like i think what i could do too is like the behind the scenes stuff um you know when, while i'm going through all the tape like having you guys sit in your own room kind of like you know like the mtv confessionals it's mm-hmm. almost like you're you're doing your voiceover work while you're there you're talking about what you were thinking in that moment but then you're also listening to yourself mic'd up and reacting to it all at the same again like, like a little mini reality show at this ag- point again <laughs> yeah. like i can see myself doing that all i need is two or three people with cameras yeah and like I can edit all that down right. and like get that all that all that stuff done because uh, one thing that I learned um, in college was about like building the production and building the value of something. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at like YouTubers that I'm sure everybody in the world follows, like Mr. Beast and like um, anybody who is doing like production level stuff on YouTube is like somebody I admire mm-hmm. because the the amount of care they put into something is the amount of care I was taught to put into my stuff. Right. And like studio photography, I mean. Uh, Professor Tom Greer at Winona State. That dude literally preached like every detail so much so that while I was taking another photography at the same time, I got a worse grade in the lower level photography class because I'd spent so much time on that studio. Yeah. I was like, it, it, but it means that like the details matter. Right, right. And I think that that's going to come out in like all of these like episodes and like seasons you guys are going to go through because I could picture it going for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I know Gabe wants to make an impact on all these kids in this area. So, I mean, what what a better way to showcase that, but then also like push merch and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, Absolutely, man. I, I can't wait to see where this thing grows and I'm already pretty excited with what we've been doing so far right. and right. it's only going to get better and better. So it's going to be exciting. I mean, the best thing about what I think you guys are doing and I, I've been very vocal about that since you started with Gabe before you even really got paid for what you were doing was like you were talking about the mental side on that for I'm going to release the first episode of the complete athlete podcast before this one mainly cool. because I want people to hear you guys and hear what you guys talked about but then I mean the mental side of things that you talked about in that podcast getting these kids better on and off the field like that's something that nobody talked to us about absolutely yeah it's that's one thing that I wish we would have had while we were getting our training in high school, that would have been, that would have helped me a lot personally. Yeah. It would have helped you a lot. I'm assuming 100%. if we could have got better at the mental side of things. And you know, that's, that's one reason why I feel like I'm um, a really good trainer slash coach is because uh, <clears throat> I have a lot of experience, but I also have a lot of um, mistakes in my life or things um, that I wish would have happened. Like right. what we're talking about. Right. And you know, now I'm, doing all that stuff for my kids now yeah. so yeah, i just think that at the end of the day that makes me a better trainer and you know going through it you know is just having that experience is very important for sure oh well, what i don't think anybody should have gone through the type of high school coaches and stuff that we gone through, mm-hmm. went through especially coming from like we i mean you, you talked about it and gabe talked about it but i mean something that we could talk about expanding is like Crown rapids national little league was such a good place to come from mm-hmm. We were on a national stage, and I, I was definitely a lot closer to those guys that were on the 2017, right. being that I was, a, I mean, a half year older yep. than them. That cutoff of June, right. me being like three months behind that thing, you got to take advantage of yeah. that. You played three years of yeah, the major level, yeah. and I thought that was cool. Yeah. But all my actually, I played two years of majors and then actually three oh, years right. of double A before that or whatever, which... Honestly, would have been what I, I would have had fun doing three years of majors, but it didn't matter. But you were on that all-star team, that yeah, ten, that yeah, ten-year-old all-star yeah. team, because they knew how good you were. Exactly, and that's that's what it was about. It was yeah. about that select all-star team trying to keep us 
together as a group to see how good we would be by the time we were 100%. eligible to go to Williamsport. And, you know, that's why we were had so much hype behind us, and that's why it hurt so bad when yeah. we lost. No, dude, I hate Edina. I hate Edina. It's, it was uh, Plymouth New Hope but that, the team. That, too. I mean, it's just it, that that mantra right, of, of right. Coach Cleveland. I mean, I can't, I can't say it Absolutely. enough. Absolutely. Yep, Coach Cleveland, and uh, he actually got that from Dean. From Dean, from Dean uh, Smith. Is it Dean Smith? Yeah, yeah. Dean Smith. Dino. He would, he would come into our dugout, and he would just look at all of us, all of us 12-year-olds, and he would go, I hate Edina. And it would get us get us kids so, get so hyped, hyped, man. It was it was. The I was best. on. I was in the crowd listening to Dino yeah. to say that, and it, it's you know I never got to play on All Stars, so for me being like kind of snubbed in that way was was kind of fun at the same time because I didn't have that pressure. Right. I could kind of watch from the outside. Yep. But I still at the 2007. This is the funniest thing that I think I signed an autograph at the 2007. Really? I I was wearing a normal Midwest T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a player, but he was like. Yeah, that was quite the experience, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, you were, you and I, we, we were sitting in the back seat. We didn't get to drive. We are obviously too young mm-hmm. for that one. But we, um, we drove 19 hours with our parents. Got there, realized we didn't have to pay anything to get into the park. It's just free. You just walk in, and then there's like all the food, the De Marini, uh, baseball van. I know you and I spent a lot of time in that because mm-hmm. we loved De Marini mm-hmm. back then. Uh, we I'm, saw kids trading pins. Mm-hmm. But I was doing a little bit of that for that, sure. That was, I mean, every kid was, it seemed like was doing that. And I got, had a few pins on my hats and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, I I remember that Midwest hat, the blue and red, they mm-hmm. changed that down to green and yellow. Yeah. For, is that, um, is this still Midwest or Great Lakes it, now? I think it's Midwest. Okay. Midwest took the colors from Great Lakes because Great Lakes used to be. Was, was uh, green and green yellow. Green and yellow. Yeah. Ugh. I Not a huge it. fan, but no, uh, hell no. it is what it is. Uh, you know, something about us where obviously I've preached this since I've been, on this podcast minnesota born born and raised yeah it's like how do you not support your area so like us changing to yellow and green that's just not gonna work i mean the only thing that makes sense to me is if you didn't have a choice like if you were a kid that grew up in a packers household and you you know you didn't really have a choice like our neighbor yeah exactly um charlotte giffords Um, yeah (laughs) we had a neighbor literally it felt kind of cool almost to have a neighbor being a green bay packer fan because when you grow up with the Vikings, you know, not even even our cousins who weren't, weren't even living in the state anymore. I mean, they lived in the state when I was growing up. But, like, by the time you got to really hang out with Ryan and stuff like that, they were in Chicago. Right. They were becoming – he was actually becoming a Cubs fan. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, yeah. I don't mind the Cubs. He, he still stayed loyal to the, all the Minnesota But it was sports. definitely twins and Vikings because he came and supported. But it's like when you have a neighbor who's a Packer fan – it was fun, wasn't it? It was it was fun to have that friendly rivalry. It was rivalry. right next door. And, um, yeah, that was that was awesome. I was, we would play football in the backyard, and he'd be wearing his Packers stuff. We would be wearing our Viking stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It couldn't get any better than that. The it Michael awesome. Bennett, the Mike, the Mo Williams jerseys that I would wear. You had well, you had we a had lot Randy of Moss, we had Chris Carter, we yeah. had a lot, we had a few jerseys. We had, had Culpepper. The worst one of all of them, uh, Troy Williamson. Yep, I remember that number. The original nineteen. That. Actually, it's not the probably they're not the original, but like yeah. the first wide receiver that I could remember that was wearing the number nineteen. Right. And he was a bust, like yeah. one of our worst picks. I mean, I feel bad, you know, saying other you know <laughs> receivers that we are bad in our like, but because we were blessed with like two of the best receivers that we could yeah. ever ask for. Yeah, yeah, it was tough for him. It was a. We have a lot of receivers. Like I think of Laquan Treadwell as yeah. a similar situation. Yeah. I feel bad for him because then he goes to another team and plays well. 
Is he playing well right now, though? Because I don't think he is right now. I don't even think he's playing right I now. I think he had, but like, a revenge game against us. I did remember that, but I don't remember. I know f- that he's not fantasy relevant right now because okay. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, you're, you're in the pretty heavy into fantasy <laughs> right now. So I would know if he was doing good. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'll, I think everybody in our family is competitive. I don't know anybody besides, like, maybe mom or dad. Like, well, even mom, when she played, won our family fantasy back in the day. Yeah, yep. She got the year that Ladanian Tomlinson yep. broke the NFL touchdown. Record. Couldn't beat that. I feel like if, if you're going to win a fantasy year, that's the best year to win. Absolutely. Mom's like, oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what <laughs> fantasy is. Wins. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that's like grandma learning how to play like Yu Gi Oh or something. And then all of a sudden <laughs> she just wins the game. And you're like, how'd you it's do like, that? It's that beginner's luck. It's that intuition. 100%. But uh, I wanted to also talk about like, uh, I mean, gro- for us growing up, I mean, sports were so heavy for us. But then we also talk about video games in that first podcast. Yep. Um, I mean, we're still playing like MLB The Show and stuff like that. But like, wh- I mean, we're not playing shooters anymore, are we? No, no. I, um, uh, Overwatch 2 came out recently and, yeah. you know, some of the buddies are playing that. I'm not a huge fan of it. I just play just to be with friends and... um. I mean, are we are we as are we slower now? Like, is our is our reaction time slower? Oh, hundred percent, it has to be. But I feel like we could get it back if we yeah. put put the work in. It's about training. There it's, is a there is a chance I play a little bit of this new COD, the oh yeah, Modern Warfare Two. It, it's it just seems like you know the good era of Call of Duty is definitely far and gone compared to like what we like experienced Man, growing up. That was there was nothing like what what we grew up on, like Call of Duty Four. Well, that war, Modern for Two. I mean, even Halo and all those oh, games. God. Was that like that 2008 to 2010? Yeah, era, 2007 to 2012, yeah. 2013. Halo Reach. I mean, I played a bunch of that still. I mean, I have a yep. bunch of friends. I mean, my best friend who's you know you know in Florida right now, CJ. I right, mean, right. He he and I met playing Modern for Two. Went to Halo Reach, and like we just kept being friends through those games. It's like you can. You can definitely track like the good era, the golden era for us. Absolutely, video I, games do not hit like they used to. That's it, for sure. It's it's kind of sad. It feels weird for me because like I, I remember getting the N sixty four. Like I was, I got it right after Ryan because Ryan had it. So Ryan's playing like Wave Race with Lauren, and it's me, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I barely right. can know how. To, I mean, right. remember the controller too? It's three three pronged. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to, my hands were tiny. Yeah, I always struggled to hold that controller. It was it was still a lot of fun, and that era for me was like growing up, learning about video games, going from 2D to 3D because, believe it or not, Dad, Boy and stuff like Dad that. plopped me in front of the Intellivision. Do you remember that gold paddled one? Uh, I can think of the old-timey video game system that Grandma and Grandpa had. That's the one. Okay. So it's the gold-plated one. That's called okay. the Intellivision. That came out in 1979. Wow. Okay. When dad was like in college. Right. So he gives us that, right? Yeah. When we're we're hanging out with grandma because like we don't we didn't bring our NES. Yep. Yep. So the the I mean it's eight bit. It's got no colors. You got like the games are called ice hockey. It's called it's not mm-hmm. called Madden anymore. Right, right, it, right. It's just football. Yep. And there's like blips on the screen and mm-hmm. that's your click character and I'm like my imagination was going crazy. Right, right. But we were there to play with the army men. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like this old system didn't make sense anymore. But now that I wish I would have played it more because there's something fascinating about that. The the game pad was just a number pad, mm-hmm. and then a little like gold dial, then you could click in. Yeah. 
you could slide a piece of plastic over the number pad and the numbers instead became the controls because that, that little sheet just basically told you what the hell to do. Right. So I'm sitting there. I probably lost like half of those controls, by the way, yeah. for like all the games. But like the main game we played was Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Like everybody had that game. Right. And, you know, you're sitting there looking down, trying to like figure out the controls and you're three. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure that shit out. Yeah. But I remember thinking that like, if I could do go back now and just like teach myself or my kid to play that game or like show them all the old stuff, I feel like it would show them the same type of appreciation, like and give them that golden era like we had because I want I want that for other people. I mean, that's wishful thinking, man. I may, <laughs> maybe that would that would work. I just I feel like they wouldn't. I feel like they wouldn't appreciate it as much. Um, if like if all their friends come to school. And they have like newer technology, and they're like, Haha, "You're still playing the N64 when that come out." N64, I think N64 is a little bit more uh, timeless. Like it could work for a kid now. Um, like he could still have fun playing that. But I just don't think. Uh, what was that thing called? The Tele? In television. In television, I don't. I don't think that would. Die. Hell no. I mean, it's that's <laughs> that wouldn't interest a kid. Yeah, like a couple of colors on the screen is definitely not going to give a kid enough. Uh, stimulation in these days i mean a tiktok video is what i mean they can go up to 10 minutes but anybody watching a 10 minute tiktok video has got nothing to do or is taking a shit yeah no um when i'm training um sometimes they'll bring like the the younger uh daughter or the whatever the younger sibling for the kid who i'm training and they're just like sitting on a phone or ipad and they are watching youtube videos of like grown adults like live just living their life like they're just watching other people live life or watching other people eat food or watching other people play with toys i think that is crazy that's one of the weirdest trends that i've been seeing with yeah with um some of the younger kids it 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 makes sense to me why it's happening i mean just you know 10 years older people like our generation are watching people play video games and they're watching people um I get, you know, people. We're, we watch documentaries. We watch re- reality shows. We we do watch people live their lives, but that yeah, that's a whole other realm. Like the the people vlogging for kids. Like I don't know, like the Logan the Logan Pauls of the world, like the 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 Jake Pauls and stuff like that. Like that's those guys are entertaining in their own respect, but like their target market, obviously being younger people, mm-hmm. kind of like obviously is a little weird. Yeah. So like we're we're entertained by people our own age. I feel like we've, we've kind of grown with our generation and like grown with the, the, the likes of our generation. We, we were pretty on par. Yeah. I feel like if anything, like I'm an old, an older soul because of dad. Mm-hmm. Cause he gave like all my music taste came, came from him. Like right. I like eighties rock more than I like rap music, even though I do love yeah. good rap music, but I'm stuck in like the early 2010s for rap music, yeah. like Mac Miller and yep. J Cole yep. and like Kendrick. I'm stuck back there, man. Like, yep. So like I feel like that's that's where I'm re- realizing like I'm I, I'm stuck in my own ways right and I'm okay with that but like I'm still trying to evolve and like get better with that yeah that's that's such a hard uh, thing to do and it's funny that we are experiencing that now at our age at our age so that means we're getting older is yeah. that we're starting to see the new trends of what the younger kids are doing and we're just like we're finally confused yeah we're and it, we were those kids before 100%. like like 10 years before we were like 
looking at older people like, wow, you just wouldn't get it. Like, you don't understand. What do you mean? You don't get why I climbed Fridley High School? (laughs) You don't understand why I would go up there? Oh, my gosh. I should probably blurt out the name of the school. Whatever, whatever. As long as we don't go into too much detail. Um, But anyways, yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's bound to happen to everybody. Like no matter what you grew up in your generation and you can only keep adapting so much to like the new stuff. Yeah. Um, and I feel like for you and me, this is back to kind of what you started with. Like, I feel like you and me are, you're bound to be an older soul if you like baseball. Cause that's a, that's a game for, that's very true. It's a, tr- a very traditional game. It's a very old game. It's a slower game. It's more like chess than anything else. It it's, feels like, yeah, it's not like all the trends of today, which is everything is instant gratification and things are happening quickly. You know, baseball is a very slow developing sport and I feel like you have to somewhat be an old soul to yeah, enjoy baseball. 100%. Um, so that's, yeah. that's a very good point. Cause like baseball is slow. There's no time clock. Like we, we're very okay with like getting into battles with people like and taking our time. That's Absolutely. okay. Like I feel like you're learning and taking, like I've almost learned that. And I said that in a previous podcast of mine, like I enjoy the journey now more than I enjoy the final product. Absolutely. And that's a baseball thing. I think a hundred percent because like I enjoyed like the T work and you talked about that in the first episode of the complete athlete podcast, Mm -hmm. that T work is something that's very valuable to you. And Mm -hmm. I was sitting there nodding my head like, man, that is so, it's such a valid point because if you're not willing to put in the work on this, on the little things, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's T work in baseball, it could be anything. Yeah. You're not going to get anything done. You're not going to find the nitty gritty. And uh, and really work on those situational things, and that's a that's an old soul uh, type of yeah. Attitude. And and to go any even further with this, um, I think baseball is one of those sports that unless they you know add like a like a two run home run for hitting at a certain distance, kind of right. like how NBA incentivize the three by you know making it worth more points and you know making it a further away shot because it's entertaining. Um, I don't think baseball will ever get that like it's always going to evolve yeah but i think it, as long as the rules stay the same you're always going to have to i i feel like the guys who grind things out and are are going back to the basics and making sure they're doing all the basics the right way getting base hits first before worrying about you know big home runs and stuff like that yeah that's I think that's always going to lead to success in baseball, 100%. no matter what. And even though you saw the trend in the last like five, ten years, where everyone's batting averages are going down, slugging percentage is going up, strikeouts are up, plenty. strikeouts are going up, home runs are going up. Um, I I I think you know that it's gonna it's gonna come back. You know, what I mean that that trend was happening in the past ten years, and I think people are starting to realize, yeah, it might be entertaining to see. A, a home run and and all that, but you need you need to go back to um, a base hit approach. A hundred percent, and there's going to be a, v- a value put more on that. More, the more that the game itself evolves towards that, and that's kind of the Cleveland Guardians kind of uh, mo right now. If you're watching, they're not hitting a lot of home runs. You you see in the playoffs, man. You can be the best home run hitting team in the regular season, but if you don't know how to play small ball, if you don't know how to get base hits, yep. If you don't know how to move guys over, steal bases, run the base pass the right way, um, you know, create runs on outs and all that stuff, then it it doesn't matter how good you do in the regular season. It's, it, 
the playoffs, you could go, you could, there's only, you know, it's a small sample size. So it's very easy, very um, possible and probable that, that you're not going to hit as many home runs and And you have to figure out how to generate runs or the inverse like Harrison Bader. He literally didn't hit a home run the entire season and goes into the playoffs and hits three. Right. So there's, I mean, the game is evolving and changing constantly. It's, to me, it's like if we ever get to changing the rules of the game, we're going to have to do something like in Futurama, put the ball on a fucking <laughs> giant rubber string or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think about that a good amount. You got to hit that's a home run. Episode. The only way you can hit a home run is if you break the elastic yeah, string. I mean, that is that is something that could possibly happen because with everyone's obsession with bad exit velo, you know, O'Neal Cruz, I, I'm on the hype train too, man. But yeah, I mean, when you break a stat cast record already and people are losing their minds on a yeah. fucking single. Yeah, it was a single by like 120 way. mile per hour single. Like, yeah, that's I'm, super cool. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't hit it higher, right? Because you would have murdered a little kid in the front row. <laughs> but I'm glad that that ball at yeah. least hit something. If that ball was on the Futurama string or whatever, that would have broke. That would have broke. Yeah, that, that would have broke. So anything. Out. So that's that's theory craft. Well, 100 plus off the bat should break that. I mean, everyone's gonna do roids again. <laughs> I mean, or HGH or, or testosterone replacement Man. therapy. I want everybody Man, on that then. I have a feeling that majority of guys in professional sports are doing something. And we just don't know about it. Because there's just so many new ways to um, to hide it or to, yeah. uh, you know, take a different set of drugs that is increasing your testosterone or what, whatever it is. There's, I think there's a lot of different ways to get around it. And um, that's just all speculation because I, I don't know anything again not we're not doctors yet. yeah we're not gonna sit there and speculate what people yeah. are on but we can definitely look at people and like be like hey mark mcguire looked like this why does carlos stanton john carlos stanton look very similar to me it's not as much about that it's um i think it's more about these guys some of these guys like ability to recover i think it's more about that um because i think for one it in a sport like baseball it doesn't really help you to be super Super jacked. Super jacked. Yeah. Like you can have muscles, but not super jacked. You need that range of motion in baseball. And I think that's what Mark McGuire talked about. He's yeah. like, I was only using it to recover. Yeah. And I mean, he was, when you have elite recovery like that, your muscles are going to grow like that too. Especially if you're working out. Yeah. If you look at him from yeah. when the time he got to the Oakland Athletics and, right. then, and Jose Canseco got in the locker room mm-hmm. and was like, hey man, look what I got. Yeah. I got this thing that makes you fucking massive. And to think that that sort of stuff isn't still happening, but in um, in like a, a more of a gray area type of thing, like there's, I feel like there's so much more gray area with all this new, you know, there's just so many new like ways I feel like to either trick the system or just have stuff that people haven't heard of that aren't on the ban list yet. Or I feel like that happened like, cause I was listening to Pat McAfee on his show and he was talking with uh, AJ Hawk about like, painkillers and stuff like that and they're ta- listing things that like i'd never heard of mm-hmm. and i was like like looking it up and i'm like wow that's a legal drug that does the same thing as something that's banned right so like eventually at uh, down the line I, I can see that being banned and we didn't see, we didn't see that until like i don't know i mean the drugs being more apparent in like things that you and i are are fans of like ufc and stuff like that like 
I feel like those guys back in the day had to have been on like steroids, TRT, or if Absolutely. they could have been. Absolutely. There was no testing back in the day either. Yeah. So. And like the Mark Kerr's of the world. Like, I mean, like they're talking about how good he was. I was like, the dude was stronger than people because he was a fucking bear. So, uh, Mark Coleman? Mark Kerr. Which one's Mark Kerr? I'm he's the one that uh, they did. Oh, you got to look him up. Like he's, he's, he's a good, he's a, was a great fighter, but then he was like so jacked that like when he finally like, like fell from grace, like he became like big, like yeah. if, I feel bad for the guy, but like at the same time, like it's what happens when you take steroids, mm-hmm. you know? And they highlighted the fact that the dude was just a fucking animal. Right. Like he was an animal. He was a killer over in Japan too. So like, when he stops taking steroids, his body just gets depleted and you see him like losing all these fights and like just doing it for money. You're like, that's the reason why you don't do that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's How do you tell kids that pros and cons? You don't want them to take, get an advantage though. Cause like, that's something that, you know, you can get really good and then like somebody well, recovering faster than you. Well, this is the, the, the hope is, is that the way our culture is set up and the way, we teach our kids to do everything the right way and to put hard work in. And, you know, we always are harping on with our older kids on nutrition with protein and, and making sure they're eating enough to, to gain good weight. And, um, um, hopefully you would just hope that the way that we're teaching these kids and the culture that we're setting up is going to just teach them to do the right thing in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? And avoid cheating and avoid, um, uh, getting an unfair advantage but at the same time like I was just alluding to before I think that there's not necessarily anything wrong with trying to get an advantage with a substance that m- isn't banned you okay. know what I mean yeah as long as it's healthy for you and it's not going to negatively affect you and you know it's some new thing that that whatever sport you're in hasn't deemed um illegal yeah whatever yeah then by all means because people are always trying to find advantages through protein through creatine through i mean even pitchers with the whole the sticky substances and like the whole checks and stuff that they've been doing like it's not it doesn't even limit themselves to just taking something it comes it goes into like gamesmanship and stuff like that for me right and uh, the thing with that is if everybody's doing it if everybody's trying to find some sort of advantage it's not as much unless it's clear and concise like you are breaking the rules then you know that's yeah. it's how, how do you first of all how do you police that and second of all how do you criticize that you yeah. know it's somebody who is trying their best to to um succeed in their career and, and make as much possible money as they possibly can especially like, if they're professional they're like the prospect of being one even mm-hmm. if you're in like the minors and stuff like that and they like pop you for steroids i'm kind of like i don't blame them i mean how, there's been so many guys that have got popped for some sort of peds and people forget about it and or people um or like literally nobody even remembers like nelson cruz yeah I was gonna say like a a famous Minnesota twin recently with Nelson Cruz. Nelson like, Cruz. I mean, everybody loves him. Um, David Ortiz got popped for something. I don't know if that was ever fully. Um, no. Yeah, his name was on a list, but it was like they like got mad. he got mad and saying like I never pop for anything. Right, but you know, it, there's been plenty of guys who've gotten suspended for PEDs that people, are, you know, maybe they'll remember Tatis because of how big of a star he is. Right. But with his thing, like, I don't know if you've looked into that, like his uh, argument or his excuse that seemed really crazy 
is actually I, I think it was baseball doesn't exist or foolish baseball I forget posted a, a video on him and saying how he he might be uh you know he might be saying the some dumb things like he might be saying the wrong things but he might have like actually not cheated and like it might have all been an accident which is crazy to prove i mean they've had in other sports a, a, you know given athletes chances to like prove hey like mm-hmm. I, I didn't do this john jones like that whole yep. thing with him like one metabolite like yeah. it's like it's are we seriously considering the fact that like one small minute amount was going to actually affect the greatest fighter on the face of the planet right. at the time right like let's be fucking real but how you, you don't blame people for the outrage because like it's a guy who's clouded by controversy and i mean everything he did was obviously like front page news yeah. if it was good or bad and yeah so I, you know I, how do you blame say, people for like assuming that he he did cheat you know what i mean well i mean even if it's like a little bit it's like why is there even a little bit it's like there, I get that perspective of saying like, "Hey, like, why is it even there in the beginning?" It's mm-hmm. like, well, if I'm a professional athlete, don't you think that there's somebody out there that might want to ruin my success? Right. Like, there's might be somebody out there trying to not put everything in. I mean, we already know people can not list everything on nutritional facts. Um, that reminds me of Ryan Braun. Right. So Ryan Braun. He right. got popped, and then he lied and. Um, made up an excuse or whatever, and they they reversed his his suspension. They retracted his his suspension and believed him, right? And, then they, and, then and they even a, a, issued an apology to him, right? And later oh he God. got popped again. I forgot about that. And then he admitted that he did. He was it. lying yeah. the whole time. Oh my God, that's some crazy stuff. That, right yeah, there. that's that's one of those things where you're like, I from that point on, that guy is no matter what, he's tainted. Because what if a guy does just say, yeah, I did it. We we might hold him in high regards. I keep making UFC to baseball references. Right, that's fine. Chael Sonnen. That's what we watch. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's what we like. Yeah, that's what we like. Chael Sonnen. Chael yep. P. Sonnen. Yep. That dude took steroids and told the court, I was on everything. Yeah. What What wasn't I on? At, put up the list. I'll tell you what I wasn't on. <laughs> He's like, all of it. All of it. <laughs> so like, what? He owned it. Right. But what do we, we love Chael Sonnen. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I mean, is it the same thing for if another guy owns it and he's, you know, in the same sport? I hope it's the same. But like every other sport, it seems like even if they own it, it doesn't matter. Like your, your, your legacy is tainted. It's like everything you've done from this point on means, no, oh, he took steroids. And I agree, but to an extent because it's all subjective and it's all based on who, who, who done it? Who who are no? Who are the critics? Because oh, true. Because um, I see at least on like my social media, my Twitter, I see a lot of people advocating for Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez. Um, most people are for them getting into the Hall of Fame. At least what I see on my social media. Yeah, and, right? and, and maybe that's just like algorithm and everything. But exactly. at the same time, but all the baseball writers, the ones who are voting for the Hall of Fame votes, they obviously feel a certain yeah. type of way about it. So obviously, or he, otherwise he would be in the Hall of Fame exactly. already because yeah. he's the home run he's king. The, he's the greatest player of all time. Oh, what is keeping me? Well, that's actually kind of a funny way to break it. Yeah. I had a, I had something in my head though I wanted to talk about because um, 
Ben Verlander. Have you seen anything from him on Twitter before? Yeah, yeah. So Ben Verlander tweeted that he was disgust, disgusted with the whole Josh Naylor celebration. I saw you tweet about that. Yeah. I thought it, that celebration was awesome. I, and so that's the thing is you and I are very – and I'm not saying anything for Ben Verlander. I don't know the guy. But what I said on Twitter was if we are to enjoy the game, we need to grow with it. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to be naive and say that this is disrespectful – which it was, but is it a part of the game? Yes, it is. It's I, a part of culture. It's not even a part of the game. It's a part of culture because that's the thing I said. If you're going to be naive and just re- realize that there are celebrations in other sports that can make their way mm-hmm. and transition horizontally to other sports, yep. if you're just going to be naive, then you're never going to enjoy the game. You're never going to grow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the new part of the game. This is the new game. They are letting people celebrate in the MLB right now because, you know, everybody knows that sells tickets, that sells, that gets viewership, seeing stuff like that. I want that that. Josh Naylor tops baseball card of him. Whether whether you hate it, whether you love it, it, you you saw it, you watched it, Mm -hmm. and that's the whole point. Hell yeah. And that's what the MLB should be going for, whether it's, whether it's, you know, critics or whether it's people in support. They just need eyes because yeah. we, it, it's a sport that is i feel like has been losing viewership and the, just like other sports they need to they need to keep it you know entertaining for the fans so all, all through college i didn't remember watching a baseball game with the boys mm-hmm. i mean we would watch hockey we would watch football right we would play chell and play madden or we weren't we weren't going out of our way to play a long-winded baseball game right and I feel like the only memorable baseball games is like playoff baseball. I yeah. love playoff baseball. One hundred percent. I was. I mean, two thousand sixteen, watching the Cubs win the World Series. Oh my God, that was that was, awesome. that was hype. That was awesome. I, that was so cool. I mean, seeing LeBron James yeah. literally nearly fall over, yeah, doing like over the railing, doing that celebration. And when, he's not even a Cubs fan. That's the funniest part. He was. Like, that was when Jose Ramirez hit that home run, right? For the for the Cleveland for the Cleveland. Uh, Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't dead name them. I almost, de- don't <laughs> almost dead dead named a baseball team. Yep, you were, we would have got banned. I got canceled on my fifth yep. episode of my podcast. Yeah, it would have been over with the whole career in, in the dumps. I just broke through my normal three episode threshold and now I'm getting canceled. Wow. Damn. It's all right. No, you didn't say it though. You didn't say you're it. You're right. You're right. You're right. I said Guardians. So we're yep. good. The Guardians. But yeah, no, he was celebrating Jose Ramirez hitting that home run. Or no, it was, um, oh, what's that dude's name? Oh. Fran Mil Reyes. Um, no, it was a it was a guy who's a, a speedy guy. He's an outfielder. Oh God. Miles Straw. They got. Um, well, this was back in 2016. 2016. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Oh, I can't even remember. Everybody who's watching this knows who hit it because if they are watching it and they are Cleveland fans, they can just be like, oh, "This yeah. is the guy." Yep. I don't know Cleveland lore. Sorry. <laughs> I can I can name you like everybody from like the 2007 roster, the 2000 like the Minnesota Twins. But I'm not. I'm sorry. I can't name the outfielder. The outfielder. I recently. I was recently testing my memory because I remembered a game that you, me, dad, and grandpa went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, grandpa. Our grandfather is a notorious Green Bay Packer and Chicago White Sox fan. Crazy. We, you know, we talked about earlier that we're all Minnesota Vikings fans. I don't know how he doesn't spontaneously combust into flames. Mm-hmm. With those two teams like living inside of him, right? He brings his Green Bay Packer blanket. Well, he's just such a nice guy. That's why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. But he brought us to a game, and he tried to get us 
uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yep. I will never forget that. That was <laughs> hilarious. He was uh, just trying to get us regular lemonade. Yeah, and his innocent he's so innocent. Our grandfather mm-hmm. is one of the most lovable, most loved, kind-hearted guys of all time. He was just trying to get his grandsons some lemonade. Yep. And he went to the bar on accident, the bar section of the food area, and he got Mike's Hard Lemonade when he just asked for a lemonade. Um, and my mom... <laughs> Our mom definitely caught that the right amount yep. of time. Yep. We would have drank that, that. That game would have been way more fun. <laughs> because, well, and I remembered that game, and I remember when, what year it was, and I remembered the date, and I remembered the pitchers. Who was it? Who was? This was Jose Garcia versus Johan Santana. Okay. This is August, late August, like 28th or 29th or something like that, in like 2006. Wow. The game was a pitcher's duel. Because we didn't get a single hit until the bottom of the eighth inning. And it was, and you're going to love Jock Jones. My guy. Number 11. Right fielder. That's our guy. Lefty. So that whole game, we, you know, Johan was throwing well. He gave up three hits. Um, If I remember correctly, it was three hits and no runs. We only had one hit the entire game. And it was that Jock Jones home run in the bottom of the eighth. Johan goes in the top of the, or Joe Nathan comes in top of the ninth, closes it out. I feel like that. I feel like that's like the main thing I remember from uh, from those Twins games is Joe Nathan because it was oh, hard yeah. for me at a young age to watch the whole game. So yeah. I just really remember watching the end. I don't know. I think it's allergies or something that's in my eyes, but I, I'm fine. You're all right. good. Yep. I mean, it is also an audio podcast, so that also helps. Sweet. There I mean, audio audio listeners obviously get a get a a better experience. Maybe I don't know. This is a good a good view. Yeah, might no, have, this is a good view. Might have to do this again. Two good-looking guys. Using our parents' uh, basement to just uh, create a, a podcast. Yeah. Well, this is, like I said, episode five of my podcast. I'm trying to, I'm I'm going to try to break the threshold of, like I said, of all the, I, I get in my ways. Like, I, I find ideas I like to do, and I just stop executing them. Yep. Like, the whole outfit idea, I'm not going to give up on that. Like, new new episodes from, you know, sporadically are going to have like where my guest chooses my outfit and okay. it's just going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I so think it's hilarious. Maybe on a future episode, you'll have to choose my outfit. Yeah, and I'm just, totally down. You could make me a whole advertisement for complete athlete <laughs> podcast. Yep. You could do whatever you want. You can, you can do what my fiance did and buy me these 49 cent slides that are actually the most Those com- are 49 cents, 49 cents wow. from old Navy. That's awesome. Uh, economical flex. Yeah. Was, those are sweet. Financially, independent or no that's the wrong thing financially stable flex there you go you know what i'm trying to save money out here right now i live with my fiance i'm trying to purchase a wedding so if this podcast can help not only get me away from my current job if i could do this and like produce podcasts for you guys and do content for just you guys only you know get paid from maybe gabe a little bit but then like just the revenue of that stuff online yeah merch and stuff like that i have a, a logo coming up I paid a, a graphic artist to work on that for me. The Taylor Price podcast is going to have its own logo and shit. Yeah. I'm going to try to do merch on like hats and stuff. Like, You're trying I, to live the dream, man. I want to do this. I mean, I, I I I tweeted this out the other day. I was like, what if I wouldn't have gave up content creating? Mm-hmm. And I think it it just goes back to like the bad friends I had, and I I'm sure you know who those people were. And I'm I don't know if you were big fans of them ever. I mean, mm-hmm. they were okay people. Yeah. But, like, they backstabbed me. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this story. I mean, you've told me a few stories, but... The the main story that that happened, the reason that I got backstabbed was I was going over to this dude's house to 
to to hang out with them all the time. Right. And this is where my main best friend, I'm not going to name who he is, was staying. Right. And you remember I even housed that guy. Right. For a moment in time. Like I that dude was like a brother. Right. I took care of him. Right. He was going over there all the time and using our other friend to just live there. And I was going over there after work, late night at Jets Pizza. I'm closing. It's like one in the morning. I want to go hang out with my friends, play video games, play Fortnite, hang out. Right. I get there and I can see the lights are on because it's that main room yep. that, that they hang out in. Like you pull up and you can see everybody in there. Right. I get to the door and it's locked. So I walk back out to the window, which is open. Right. And I go, hey guys, it's me. Open the door. Right. Lights go off. And I hear, <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? Like, I can hear you. Right. What's up, Pops? Doing a podcast. A little bit. It's okay. I don't mind. Cool. Where's the chowder? Or the... It's in there. Okay. Sweet. I like your sweatshirt. I want to get one. The apparel shop is open. Oh, at the Complete Athlete? Yeah. We're at CompleteAthleteTraining.com? CompleteAthleteApparel.com. There. See, I, I'm learning yep. myself. I should be... I'm the producer of their podcast. I should know these things. And there's a holiday coming up, so I should definitely get that stuff. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we should send some links to the to the parents. Exactly. Thanks, Dad. Good idea, Pops. <laughs> Ref a good game. Yeah, he's referring a football game here. Love that guy. It's I just remembered it's MEA week. Oh yeah. So uh I think Wednesday's the last day of school for these kids. Okay. It, you, you know, when we when we graduated high school, we stopped knowing anything about school anymore, right? Because why would we? I pretended like it didn't exist. Exactly. But now that I work with kids, kids that are in school again, so that. now I know this stuff again. Uh, and yeah, so it's MEA week for for the kids. and um, MEA in Minnesota is like one of the big weeks. I remember that. Like that was like a week that we definitely spent a lot. I mean, with my, the friends I was talking about now, like yep. I would spend that week with these guys. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a crazy story. I don't I mean, it's it's weird because when you when you're friends with somebody for so long and you like watch them just backstab you right in front of you, you have right. no way to react. Yeah. I started texting the guy who lived there who was sleeping at the time, yeah, and he's like, he's like, screw you, I was I was asleep, yeah. and I was like, well, like, go talk to our friend, and like, and he's like, no, and I'm like, all right, screw both of you guys, yeah, then. yeah. So I literally just stopped talking to him because I mean as you should I mean that's that's just kind of a shitty thing to do to somebody yeah and I end up going um and this is after I had given the guy a, a second chance I I didn't talk to him for a whole summer a previous year before that right I cut that dude off right. once before and he told me that he he was gonna you know be a better guy he's gonna get a job right which he never did mm-hmm. he did never had a job mm-hmm. I paid for that dude's meals like half the time right so like the fact that he would go out of his way to backstab me was just like I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. cool. So I like, and I had like built a channel with that guy. I had like gone through branding and like gone through all this stuff with this guy. I was like, this is how you're going to play me. I mean, it's it sucks, but at the end of the day, it's a learning lesson, right? You I know? I grew, I grew way better into like what I ended up going and doing a bunch of cool stuff after that. And that's where I'm at now is like, I wouldn't have had those experiences had I not been like, I was single at the time, and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go explore and like do a bunch of crazy stuff in the world. And I did. So 
the uh, the best part of that was like, yeah, learning that like you can have a bad thing happen to you and you can always get better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I went on to like, you know, get a better job, get like get set up where I'm at now where I have a fiance and I'm two years in and I'm like preparing for a wedding here in the next in the following year. So like yeah, I've grown break a lot. Out. Yeah, absolutely. You can either let things break you or make you better and yeah, and I would have made you better. So I wouldn't have gotten better, and I wouldn't have had like support if our family wasn't so awesome. Like right. we definitely have a, a an insane absolutely. support system. And yeah. I don't think anybody. I I start to realize that when my fiance's, um, you know, talking to me about she's a middle child. Right. I feel like anybody who's a middle child, and I'm shout out to you. I'm, I'm we 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 see you. We can <laughs> we can see you, even though your parents can't. Um, uh, middle childs get treated like shit. Yeah. We don't have a, uh, if we had a middle sibling, I can't imagine right. the shit that he would have gotten. Because yeah. you being the youngest, like, like we, and me, just us two, like, we had, like, it was always you, me, and mom, and dad. So, like, Disney World was easy. Right. Four tickets, mm-hmm. you know, two beds. You and I shared a bed all the time. Yep. You kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> you would kick in your sleep. Yeah, I remember. I remember you telling me that. Well, I that, remember doing it, but I remember you telling me Yeah, that. you were asleep. Well, at the Ritz Carlton, you kicked me out of bed and I, f- I landed on the floor and I was like, this is the only place where I'm okay with landing on the floor <laughs> because the floor was so soft. That so was a far drop though. Those beds were tall. Yeah. That's how nice the floors were. <laughs> I landed on the floor and probably just went, huh. And like felt like a feather because like bro, opening that door into the pool at the Ritz Carlton. Yeah. That was, uh, that was some fancy living. That was fun. If that's, that's a goal in life is to be able to go back to that hotel and like be able to like just hang out with the boys there. Yeah afforded ourselves not from our parents that would be so that that's just the goal with like life in general but like if if i could put like a life goal on like the podcast and like the complete athlete podcast and stuff it would be to like help it fund like a fun vacation for all the boys and Mm -hmm. like just just because of all the hard work that we put into telling stories about all these kids in the area helping them grow into better better adults and and baseball players and basketball players Mm -hmm. too you guys have that and i think that that's something that i want to talk about too is like you guys have basketball you guys are evolving to other sports yeah i mean there's a reason why gabe he named it complete athlete training he yeah. didn't put anything baseball in there because he he wanted the door to be open for right. those other sports those other avenues um I, you know i feel like if, if we did spend more time marketing our other sports we could we could uh go further with that and i think that will still be an option with gabe i just think he kind of got focused on other stuff that he needed to do. Um, I'm sure we'll make our way back to there because I yeah. think we have two, maybe three customers that do basketball sessions, and that's about it. You know, we did slow, uh, not slow pitch, fast pitch softball right. for, I saw for that girls too. as well. Um, that, that's always fun. That's easy to translate, especially hitting-wise. Um, and and as as uh, trainers, we do a lot of underhand throws to our to our players. so They're kind of seeing the same angles. Yeah, so, you know, that works perfect for the softball girls. You know, they're seeing the ball come up on them. So, you know, yeah. that's pretty easy to do batting practice with them and and fielding and stuff. Obviously, we're not going to teach them how to pitch unless we get a real um, softball coach in there, softball trainer in there. But um, That's where we have good resources being from Spring Lake Park. Yep. I think, like, the the alum that we've had that I think we should reach out to, I think Gabe is, is a very good uh, marketer. Absolutely. As well as a, as a, he's, he was a natural at hosting the podcast. Yeah, he did if, really well. If he could get branch out into that and yeah, get like, uh, some of the girls from the softball team from our era, from his and I yeah. graduating from 2012, 
That would be impressive. To get. Be, yeah, I think that'd be super cool. Um, I'll do golf. Yeah, exactly. This this is open up to everything. This is about being a complete athlete. Yeah. Um, some of our stuff, like we have some winter programs that you know it's going to be mostly baseball kids. I mean, I bet you it's going to be all baseball kids right now. But um, not only do some of these baseball kids play other sports, like they play they play basketball, they play football, or whatever. Um, we have strength and conditioning programs that players from any sport could benefit right. from. So, right. you know, someone who doesn't even play baseball, if they only play basketball or whatever, they only play tennis, soccer, whatever it is, like they absolutely can do our strength and conditioning program because um, the guy who's running it, Zach Dykes, he he is oh, the yeah he's the wrestling coach and the track coach at Champlin Park which is kind of cool because uh, Rachel Druby is a teacher there as well. Um, lacrosse coach there. I think she's a teacher as well, but she's it's, definitely a lacrosse coach it's there. It's crazy to me that the, the Drubys played soccer and they were able to translate that into like lacrosse too because I heard them talking about Rachel that. played lacrosse in high school. I remember that, yeah, but yeah. that was like the, it translated well because mm-hmm. of her like athleticism Absolutely. and stuff like that. Yeah, dude, lacrosse is a perfect sport for Rachel. We remember her. She's a, she's a beast. Uh, she if she she could play men's lacrosse if absolutely. she wanted to. She's, she's a, a beast. She's a menace. Um, but yeah, um, Zach knows what he's doing. He knows how to get people faster. He knows how to get yeah. them stronger in an athletic sense. And I think it, it it is important to get baseball specific, and we do get baseball specific. But the majority of that stuff is just about becoming a complete athlete. Yeah. Um, which will make you a better baseball player or whatever sport you play, you know. I think baseball players are one of the best athletes. I wouldn't say they are the best athletes, but it's cl- they're close. I mean, hockey players are always very, very good athletes when it comes to translating to other sports. But, man. it's all the It all depends on what your definition of athlete is. Cause true. You're talking about, like, ball sports. Though. I would say skilled. Baseball players are more skilled. I think hockey players are very skilled as well because of the stick handling that goes yeah. on with the puck. Well, then being able to skate and do everything at the same time. But then crazy. the physicality, too, and the toughness. Like That's why I think hockey players, like their willingness to go through like like torment, basically, for their yep. sport. Yep. But if we're talking about being an athlete as in jumping, running, um, you know, doing athletic movements i guess i mean basketball basketball football true um i don't know baseball players have always been able to translate into those why why do you think i mean i wouldn't say that like deon sanders was a baseball player first i mean yeah the examples that you can give are all, all guys who have played too. and they've played sports their whole life like both sports their whole life you know i mean Michael, know, Michael Jordan, a, Michael so Jordan, going from basketball it's, to baseball. It's very too. biased. It's a very, it, it's very subjective, and it's a fun argument. Yeah, I think to to talk about, but it's like, you know, it's one of those things that it's it's an opinion. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's that's the whole point of a podcast. I understand that, but I'm talking about how, <laughs> I'm talking about how just like you know, it's so so subjective of what who is the most athletic because okay, it, Switzerland. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because what's the definition of athletic? True. I mean, you're I, at the, like this is where I was gonna go. Was like if you think about it, like MMA guys, like Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon can fucking dunk, and he could do yeah. it between the legs three sixty. Like he could do mm-hmm. all. He could play basketball. Yeah. He'd be a fucking power forward probably. 
I mean, it's too late now, but like if he would have started True. earlier, then yeah, probably. True, but his athleticism would at least get be his get would be giving him an advantage. <sighs> this is the thing though, is that this is why I don't think baseball is and even basketball a little bit is not really just about being an athlete. It's like it's it's also about being skilled and having like I don't think having touch on a shot or having um, you know, precise location uh, on a pitch, I don't think that is athleticism as much as it is being skillful and at an activity. Like yeah, you're skillful at like an aspect of the sport that like that's where pitchers like blow my mind. It's pitchers are almost like punters to me in a different way because even though punters don't get to perform as often, pitchers perform way more often. But like you're you're a specialized specializing specializing unless sure. you're Shohei Otani. I mean, the, the best pitcher you can think that bats not besides Shohei Otani, who can you think of? Like Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, Noah Syndergaard. Madison Bumgarner. DeGrom. Uh, it, uh, Bartolo Colon. No, he was terrible except for that one, Come on. that one home run. Come on. Come on. He's definitely my favorite, that's for sure. But no, yeah, it's like you're right. Like there's, there's going to be more athletic things done in basketball and football, especially more physical things done in football. Mm-hmm. But like, you can't say LeBron James can't go from basketball to football. I think he. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but again, that's somebody who played football in high school. You know, I don't. I mean, that's where like I, I think of like the athletes I admire, and all of them did play. You're right; they all did play high school football. But like, so did Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer would have been probably one of the best quarterbacks. In in college uh, yeah, football, I think it has to do with the position that you're playing as well. Okay. Um, the one thing about football is the fact that you have to know all these plays, which is pretty tough. But again, if you're a smart athlete who can figure out baseball or basketball plays, yeah. you should be you able should to figure out football plays, football right? Plays, yeah. Um, and you know, when it comes to just throw uh running a route and catching the ball, that's just to me that's more. It takes skill, but it's yeah. more pure athleticism than, than say, trying to hit a 95-mile-per-hour two-seamer at the plate. You can't just rely on your athleticism to do that. You know what I mean? You have That's to have hand-eye coordination. Hand-eye coordination. You have to have precise timing. Um, your mechanics need to be there so that your barrel can be through the the zone as long as possible so you give yourself the best chance to make contact and that's where like pure athleticism doesn't just give you hand-eye coordination yeah. i mean i think something that was cool about our family we were gifted good hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. and we all worked on it yep. i don't know anybody in our family that like didn't at least try to work on it yeah but from an early age like all of us had pretty good um hand-eye coordination i worked on that i totally agree and i think it's something that everybody should work on um and it, it, but I have seen a lot of people who are uh, this happens a lot in baseball um, who have really good hand-eye coordination who are really skilled I'm kind of thinking about myself here as well but they rely on that and they and yeah. it gets them far enough um, by the time they're in high school by the time they're in ninth grade it gets them far enough because um, if you're skillful at that age you're going to be ahead of majority of the kids but high school is when kids who are playing baseball, who are also playing football, right, who are lifting and getting stronger, that's where they they might have been less skilled, but that's where their velocities and their strength and, and their their athleticism starts to take over. Yeah. 
and catch up with the more skilled players because the skilled players are relying on their skills and not really in, in the gym. And then the other ones are in the gym because of another sport for the most part. And it's just, you know, happening that it's making them better at baseball because, you know, you get strong at, it's going to help you in almost any sport really. So, yeah. I, I, and a, a guy I think about from our high school that went from not playing baseball, but he played up until eighth grade. Then he was playing football the entire time. Steve Bailey. Yep. Steve Bailey came back and played when I was a sophomore. Basically mm-hmm. he's, a, he essentially took my spot my sophomore year because I was going to be the starting center fielder. I remember that. Yep. I ended up playing like a bench role pretty much the mm-hmm. entire year in my 10th grade year. I played a lot of JV mm-hmm. in 10th grade as well. I got to play a lot. I didn't practice a single day in my 10th grade year. That's nice. Just playing games. I literally day. played every, like every day of the week. I got to play a game because 10th ten, grade was on the off day of the JV and varsity games. So mm-hmm. um, when I get called up to varsity a few games to like pinch run or play left field, like I got pinch hit four. And that was just because we had so many good guys. And like right. the one guy that I knew I was a better hitter than but because he had better physicals and better velocities was Steve Bailey. Steve Bailey, yeah. I was a 10 times better hitter than yeah, him. Yeah, because you never quit. You you were getting training with and you I, already had good hand-eye coordination. And I proved it earlier in the year. We right. went to the Metrodome and we were playing uh against Blaine. Mm-hmm. And this is a, the the game where everyone knows I know the pitcher on the other side. Adam Rexidler mm-hmm. was the kid who we were talking about when we were talking about the Little League World Series, I knew that kid that went there. Mm-hmm. I played against him all the time. Right. So who better to go up there for me to go up and showcase my skills against, to show that my coach, like, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And he told me not to use a 33-inch bat, too. This is Coach Holmgren. I, right. lo- I loved him, too, by the way. Yeah, I liked Holmgren. He told me not to use a 33-inch bat. This is the combat that I bought from Joe Boyce. Mm-hmm. All gray, beautiful combat. Mm-hmm. I looked like Mookie Betts, basically, up there. I ripped a double off the wall at the Metrodome yeah. on the fly. Yeah. It was one of my favorite memories in baseball, playing at the Metrodome. We lost a game. Were there. you guys playing like four in the morning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the game that we played. Literally, I had to wake up at two in the morning to get to to wake up, take a shower, go to go to SLP and practice in the gym right. to warm up so that we, when we got on the bus, we could take a nap, and then we were not like cold cold mm-hmm. when we got to the field because we didn't have a lot of time to warm up right but i remember getting to center field and like looking up and being like that had to have been so bro cool. being being in center field in the same spot where i knew kirby puckett tory hunter tory hunter yeah, that's so cool two of my idols one of the greatest two of the greatest center fielders of all time and you know how many times you and i bounced our bodies off of that center field wall literally day we got to go to the, we mm-hmm. get to be on the field and everything mm-hmm. so now that i'm actually on the field and I get to see how much space there is. It's a lot bigger in person. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. 408 dead yeah. center. Um, and that, that big, I mean, big, big bag basically is a wall, but it was a bag in, in right field. That's a lot taller in person. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that. And yeah, it's, that it, was like our green monster or blue monster. Yeah, right it was the deep, it's a deep alley. Mm-hmm. And I didn't remember how deep it was until we played another game later there on the VF as in the VFW. Um, and Jake Mathis hit an inside the park grand slam wow. to the right field alley, That's not crazy. down the line. Not the, literally it was, it took him so long to get to the right field alley because the center fielders were playing a little bit in right. on Jake Mathis, which they clearly didn't do their scouting. We lost that game 13 to 12. Oh wow. 13 to 12. It's a good game. Oh, it was great. That, that, I mean, I scored so many runs. I, 
I got to cross home plate where Kirby Puckett got to cross home plate. I got mm-hmm. to pitch on the mound where Jack Morris threw ten innings. Mm-hmm. Like I've dad has pictures of that. Like right. the fact that they tore that place down breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of memories there, that's for sure. We went to so many games mm-hmm. as kids. I feel like we were blessed to have a dad who is in love with sports. Absolutely, especially Minnesota. I mean, we scalp tickets from when we were kids. Like we would we would be in the cold, like twelve degree weather, blizzard, you me you, me and dad just Sitting outside the Metrodome, like we need three tickets. We're buying scalping tickets. Scalping tickets. Yep. And Dad would always be scalping tickets. I remember we we had four tickets in like the upper bowl, and we were trying to get no. We had two tickets from the upper bowl, and we were trying to get a third ticket in the upper bowl, and we we're gonna try to trade those for all tickets together. Right. Dad could had like no success. The game's about to start, and I see this guy on the phone to like our right, and he's looking over at Dad. He's kind of like slowly peeking at him and dad walks over and I remember tugging on him and being like, Hey, check out this guy. He's like, what do you need? And he's like, my dad's like, I got two tickets in the upper. He didn't even get to say upper. And he's like, I got four in the lower. And like, he's like, if you give me those two and 50 bucks, I'll do it. And I saw our, the face, like I saw our dad's face just light up like a beacon in the middle of this blizzardy day. And he's like, deal. Gave him 50 bucks. And we got four tickets. Know what dad did with that fourth ticket? Sold it for 50 bucks. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a hustler right there. My, our dad got us lower level seats and we were in the end zone. And this is the game that the Denver Broncos played the Minnesota Vikings when Randy Moss pitched the ball over his shoulder to Mo Williams at halftime and he ran it in. We were in that end zone. I the crazy part is, is I was too young to even barely remember oh this stuff. God, <laughs> it's so crazy I remember that stuff because like I I think about all the times we went to those games and like we're on the jumbotron mm-hmm. or like we were on that a lot. Timberwolves, Timberwolves I the Timberwolves too. game that we were. We painted on the our faces and stuff. Yep. Yeah. We were what like row three and yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. We were pretty much courtside. That was that was fun. We watched him win that game, and we were with Ryan because it was for his birthday, and we had to like go up and down because we had to you know. Ex- but we were in the second half, so we got to see the good part of the game. Yeah. And Minnesota was on our side, so we got to. I remember that. Yeah, that we was got, fun. And we got on FSN North. The people from the the network came down and asked us, like, "Hey, in in forty five seconds, you're going to be on. You just you just you know do the thing." Yeah. And I was like, "We're you and me just kind of like, like looked at each other, like, yeah. okay, <laughs> let's do it." Yeah. And we're like, yeah, number one. Yeah. That was a good time. Man, we were face painted. We were definitely big sports fans back then. And we still are, but like we were way more intense. Like we watched every game. Like I feel like there wasn't a and uh, most of that was just influence from dad. You know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent. We were doing whatever he was doing. You know, dad was a big Vikings fan, and it's sad to see that he's like kind of lost his luster on that one. I, yeah, I don't know if he lost being a Vikings fan. He's just doesn't watch the games anymore because it gives him too much anxiety. He says when he said that he was going to be a St. Louis Rams fan. <laughs> That was hilarious. That was that was the the bridge being crossed of no hope. Yeah. Like he he can't. I can, I think that contributed to some of his hair loss. <laughs> it had to have like the stress of us losing in '98, and then again when Blair Walsh missed, and then again like just again and again and again. He's like, I can't fucking take it anymore. That man lost his hair earlier than that, dude. <laughs> no, I I I know, but. I I shouldn't make jokes either. Both of us are our hairs are thinning. Yeah, so we shouldn't we, talk you about know, that. 
that's our dad. So he gave us those genetics. You know. Well, I mean? they say it's your mom's dad, but I don't know if it. it they has say that, but then they. The, yeah, that has no science. It's literally, it's just genetics. Whoever. It could be anyone. Just like you get genetics from one person of what, I, like, it is what it is. Like, oh. you know, some someone might have freckles in the family, so you get freckles, and the other person doesn't. You know, it's just genetics. I popped something out. I can't hear it. Can you still hear me, though? Yeah, I can hear okay. you. You can't hear? I can't hear myself anymore. That's oh. fine. Something, something. Went, I don't care. As long as, as, long as you can hear me, that's all that matters. Yep. Yeah. Because, um... The thing, the thing about dad that I love is his his willingness to like bring his sons like to every game. Like yep. that had to have cost a lot of money, and I and I I'm thankful that he was willing to um you know like forego a lot of things that he probably was interested. In. But I mean, it, for the most part, that's the stuff he was interested in. Yeah. I mean, he was uh he would, he coached us a lot. He would, anytime he wasn't coaching us, he would be at every game. You know what I mean? Right. He he sure enjoyed coming to the games for yeah. sure, but he definitely just loved us and yeah. was supporting us, you know. Well, I make that joke with him about him going to Game Seven of the '91 World Series. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did you watch any of our games? Yeah, and show any excitement? Yeah, but then again, when you have your own kid, it's yeah. different. Like when you have a somebody you know, like you know, when you just watch like a high school game, but it's yeah. somebody you know, it's very entertaining. I did. I mean, you, I told you I caught. I caught a VFW game while Spring Lake Park was playing this summer by myself. I just was driving by the field because I lived close and I stopped and I just watched the game. At Wintercrest or where? At Spring Lake Park High School. At Spring Lake Park High School? Nice. Yeah. I just stopped by and watched and I was okay. like, well, like not, nobody yeah. I know, nobody I know yeah. on the field at all. And I was just like. But I mean, then again, yeah. it's your alumni, it's your school. So it's, it makes it a little. And I, I get, get that. Skin and the game. But I like making that joke to dad. Yeah. Because he went to. The greatest game of all That's time. A really good point. It's a very good point. And baseball historians talk about it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's kind of hard to forget about Game Seven, '91. Like, it's yeah, 2012, the Cardinals games. That was a good game, but '91, Jack Morris threw ten innings in the World Series. No one's ever done that. It's like, well, they in the live ball era. Right. I looked that up. Right. There was a pitcher that threw like sixteen innings in the World Series back in like the '30s or something. Yeah, and I was like, but in the live ball era, where like pitchers are getting, you know hit a little bit more especially yeah. back then that reminds me uh do you know you remember justin weber on yeah. my team yep he had a hemophilia so he his blood didn't clot as much or whatever so his arm didn't get as sore when he pitched really because yeah. he played on he played with me yeah he was freshman pitching for varsity because yeah. he was a stud he was my he was a, he was one of our aces yeah that he's, year. he was a stud and he had a career at bethel that went short because of a. Uh, a ground ball that he took in the ankle, like some point in high school, still didn't heal because of his hemophilia. Oh my god! Yeah, so in the end, he got got by his hemophilia, but he was using it to his advantage because his arm would never get. It smart. wouldn't get tired. So we had this one game against YZ, ninth grade summer traveling ball. Um, we play seven inning games. Um, this game goes into twelve innings. It's a pitcher's duel between YZ's pitcher and our pitcher. They both went the complete game, but we won one to zero in twelve innings. Wow! And both pitchers pitched the entire game, and <sighs> and Justin was like, "Yeah, my arm doesn't hurt at all," and I guarantee that other kid's arm nature. was killing. But well, that, yeah, I threw one hundred forty pitches in a game. I've threw I've thrown one hundred forty four pitches in a game before. I was I only got to one four. I got thinking of like one forty one or something like that, and that was and that was against Benilde St. Margaret, 
my sophomore year. That year, I was playing on three teams, so I had no days off. So my arm was yeah. then dead, dead. That's one thing dead. I remember about uh, high school baseball, or just my entire youth career. There was almost zero emphasis on arm care. We we didn't take care. There of was arm. pitch counts. That was it. It was pitch counts. But then high school, there was no pitch counts. Know what I got recently that brought back so much nostalgia? Speaking of that, Tiger Balm. Tiger Balm. Um, it's that stuff that's like icy hot but 10 times stinging. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I used that instead of icing half the time. Right. My fiance's neck has been in a crazy kink. I saw Tiger Balm at Target and I was like, oh, I, brought I, back some memories. I had a flashback on the yeah. bus with Coach Mason. Remember, we got to do this, okay? You do this, okay? This, okay? This, okay? And I'm just sitting there just rubbing my rubbing my elbow. Right. And I'm like... That's funny that you say that because that, that you remember him saying okay all the time. More than anything else. Um, I, I don't blame him anymore. Like back then, I was like, dang, that's annoying. He says okay all the time. Every trainer I've noticed, I, I say stuff. And I don't just say the same word every time, but like week by week, it kind of changes where I have like one word that I just keep saying. Like one week, I just kept calling all my players buddy. I was just calling them buddy. <laughs> um, I feel like that's emphasis of dad too, because dad. I, I don't know what it is, man. He says I just, bud. I just kept, I have these 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 words, these it's like the vocab word of, of the week or something that I'll just... I'll be talking to my kid and I'll be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. And I'm just like, ah, oh, dang, I'm doing the Coach Mason thing again. And, and when we say Coach Mason, his last name was Mason. Not, this is not the me. real Coach Mason. This, this Coach is Coach Mason Price. I don't like being Coach Price because that's dad. I don't like being Coach Mason. I thought about that in the car on the way yeah. here. I was yeah. like, what would I be called? I'd be Coach Taylor. You'd just be Coach Taylor. Yeah. Because um, Coach Price is like, that's Coach our dad. Coach Price, that, that's our dad. Coach Mason, that's our high school coach that we had at one point. That and we don't like. Um, I, we didn't like it at the time. You still might not like him. I look back on a lot of things and I realize, you know, where my mistakes were and stuff like that. I thought he was, I liked the fact that he was a baseball guy. So at the end of the day, I look there, back there at it a, and I realize he wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. There was a lot of likable qualities about Absolutely. Coach Mason. I will not say it. The only bad thing I have to say is how it ended. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, because yeah, 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 I remember that story with you, and he was the type of guy that would would literally test you. Like, yeah, he like it didn't matter if you're the best player on the team. If he thought that well, you might have an attitude problem, except for Jake Mathis. Okay, well, when you're a D one athlete, <laughs> so yeah, the, all the parents are gonna get on you for not starting that kid. Your your point is but, actually right though because me being the best player besides Jake, yeah. he, he put the expectations on me that I needed to set a precedent. Like I need to be better because if I'm better, then I'll show my other teammates like this is how you this is how you pave the way. Right. So I agree with his message. It was how he delivered. Yeah, I I don't think you should be purposely uh testing young adults to te- like testing their character as much as you should just try and help build their character you don't you shouldn't be trying to test their character because if they fail that one test whether it's from you or from them that might end their career 100 percent. that is a very very insightful point because that's exactly what happened yeah. that that is 100 percent what happened i mean the skinny on what happened was he kicked me out of practice the day before a section game mm-hmm. and the, the 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 game that we played was very important and obviously, he wanted to emphasize keeping our control and keeping our composure under pressure. 
the whole point of him testing me in that practice was to get me the most vocal of all of all of his players to calm down and not react to something bad happening. And I agreed with that message. That was the whole point of the practice. But when you're blatantly getting on players and or not getting on certain players for it and only getting on one, like then your your message is disingenuous. Then you're right. clearly targeting and like that's like I get I got that right off the bat. I had that feeling. So when the incident happens and I, you know, am not actually even talking to him and he comes at me regardless, I'm like obviously I'm getting defensive. I'm a kid. I'm eighteen years old. I'm, when your coach yells at you, you're gonna get a little defensive. Mm-hmm. But gen, like, still to this day, and I and I wish this incident never happened. I wish that I would have just told him, "Hey, I'm sorry. I'll get better." I uh, I'm so glad you said that because even if you didn't even feel that way, even if you weren't sorry, oh no, even if you didn't feel that way, you have to play the game sometimes and. I my my hope is is that no grown adult, especially when you're like 30 years old, has to kiss anyone's ass anymore. Right. But unfortunately, unless you're just like the chosen one, or you're just super like just special, whether it's your talent or just whatever your personality, something. There's certain people out there that everyone just knows they're gonna be like a star or whatever. They're gonna be amazing or whatever they do. But if you're just kind of like above average regular person. You have to play the game. It has to be a political game that you have to, especially even on the baseball sports. field, which is nuts. Not not even on the baseball field, especially on, on the, the baseball, baseball field. field, especially in sports in general. When it comes to high school sports, I tell all of my high school players this stuff because as soon as you get to high school, what you do in high school outside of the sport directly affects how your playing time and what happens. In the sport. Believe it or not, your coach sees everything. Everything. If you get an F on a test in your freshman year or whatever, you could sit out that game until that F is away or what, until you lose that F. You know or, what I mean? or until you've learned your lesson that like you need to study a little bit more. And there's going to be coaches. It's impossible. We're all humans. We all know how we work. There's going to be coaches out there that have favorites or they have um, people they don't necessarily like, and they're going to – do a little bit of extra to make it harder on them, you know, kind of like the examples we've been giving. And you can't react the wrong way. You can't react the way they want because then they win. That was that's one hundred percent that scenario too. Because if I if had I just, I mean, you're when you're a kid, you don't almost get to realize that. And I think that's where you're in like a great position. And maybe that's a story I can tell these kids. Absolutely. It's like we're in a great position to inform these kids that like, hey, this scenario may happen to you. Yeah. Be prepared to know, like that, that you're you're still right, but like they are making a point off of you, and like you need to be the example. Uh, yeah, the great. Uh, you said it great, and um, it's unfair. It sucks. Um, but that's life, and sometimes you have to sacrifice your ego, your 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 beliefs, or whatever it is. Sometimes, not all the time. When you're a high schooler and you just don't have the authority. Yeah, you, it's sometimes you you have to, and even if you're just doing it for show, that's okay. That's totally fine. I'd rather you keep your belief system. I'd rather you still believe that you're right when you are right. But you have to play the game. You have to um, put your best. You know, I think of uh, 
at like sports players who get interviewed or whatever like yeah they're, they're, they they don't say what they think they're acting a hundred percent they're just they're they're playing a role they're hockey, being a, hockey players are so good at interviews so good they're they're just being they're being a politician and that's that's the extra stuff that you need to learn to do in order to make it ahead my favorite thing i, I say my this is my like motto um if you can't or instead of just learning from your own mistakes, it's even better to learn from, from somebody else's, someone else's mistakes that you look up to. Yeah, I've heard you say that, and you said that on the first episode of the Complete Athlete yeah. podcast, and I was like, man, that's it. Got me thinking while while I'm even twenty nine, like I feel like that's that still rings true. Absolutely, it doesn't matter what age you There's are. There's always going to be someone older than you that we look up to, like Dad. Yeah, you know what I mean that. You know, not only can we follow all the great things he did, but we can also learn from, from his, his mistakes, mistakes, learn from our own mistakes, and then hopefully teach the younger generation to learn from our mistakes. You're still going to make your own mistakes that you're going to yeah. have to learn from, but hopefully they're t- completely different ones than the ones that you're looking up to as mistakes because you, you're smart and you learn from our mistake. Don't, don't lose the game of of uh you know like sucking up to somebody kissing ass because of your ego yeah you have a goal and that's to play baseball at the highest level whatever it is play your sport at the highest level you gotta sacrifice your ego you gotta play the game that's the best way i can put it you have to play the game i will say i did still play the next day Good. There you go. I was too good not to keep off the yeah. field, which is the most hilarious thing. Because when he's reading off the lineup and he puts me still on the field, and he's like, "You're starting left," and I'm like, "Where I've been all season, huh? Hmm. That's <laughs> funny how you kick me out of practice, tell me I'm not gonna play, and the next day, you realize, oh, this is an important game. I mm-hmm. should probably keep him there." Yeah, the, I mean, that's just the way the world works, man. Well, he lit a fire, and maybe that was his goal was mm-hmm. to light a fire under me because I had one of my best games that day. Mm-hmm. Um. I was the only kid who didn't strike out to a D1 pitcher that day, a kid who went on to play at Purdue, who's in the athletics yeah. uh, minor league system right now. Like, so, so when you when you, when you you put it that way, then you can almost look back with more, uh, you know, confidence that maybe he, you didn't like it at the time, but maybe he did make the right decision. His point, his point came across, and I, like I said from the beginning, like I didn't not under, I always understood his message. It was how he delivered it, mm-hmm. and it's like if you're gonna pick up or pick on one kid, yeah, especially the best one, right. like spread the love. Like you yeah. were given the our worst player, our shortstop. Like every time you make a bad play, you just give it, give him the benefit of the doubt. And it's like at some point you're coddling this kid, and he yeah. needs to get better. We we need to do and, something to change. And sometimes as a coach, you need to know your players enough that, like you and me, I think we're we're sensitive. We are prideful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think as a coach, you have to understand that. And if you're still trying to make an example or, or test somebody or or bring the best out of somebody, you have to make sure you're not overdoing it. You're not um, pushing that player away. You're not. Um, Tell me I'm sensitive again. <laughs> we're both sensitive what do you mean <laughs> i'm not sensitive what do you mean yeah, exactly i um, wanted to say that so badly but i'm like at the same time you're right like if there wasn't if there if we didn't have the coaches we had growing up i don't think we would we would be as good of players as we were but at the same time we i i feel like i was a little bit coddled like some of the coaches i had didn't didn't test me 
to the furthest extent of my knowledge. And now that I like now that I'm looking back, Coach Mason wanted the best out of me, but he just didn't exactly. deliver it in the right way. Exactly. But I no coach knows. The I right way. I I agreed. Um, I don't know the right way. We're just trying our best. We're trying. I that's why I'm. In order to be the best coach or trainer you can be, you have to never feel like you know everything. Um, you can't be like all these freaking umpires that I deal with as a coach and as a player who <laughs> hey, you're always talking to a former umpire here. who always think they're right no matter what, and that's why Dad <laughs> is the greatest umpire of all time because he is willing to admit to anybody that hey, yeah. I might have made a mistake there, but. It is what it is. I can't take it back. You no. know what I mean? And I'm going to try my best to do better. He's the reason you know? why, like, I think I was at least a, a decent umpire. Uh, one thing, you know, I can hold my hat on. In, in the state of Montana, I have the record for the youngest umpire to, to umpire in districts. Right. I was 19 years old. Yeah. Um, I was still playing baseball, but I had my shoulder. It was, mm-hmm. was giving me fits after, after high school. Of uh, not taking care of it and stuff like that, so that's a, I mean it's a f- forewarning. I've also separated it twice, so. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to give back to baseball, so I was like, you know what, Dad was really good at umpiring, and when you and I umpired little right. league, and I thought we were okay at it. We at least know the rules enough yeah. to be able to be like, hey, we can. And go we have the same personality as Dad is that we're not we're we're willing to admit when we're wrong. Yeah, and I did that immediately. Like yeah. it was, it was one of those things that like if you're not. Like all these younger coaches, even in that in that area, were looking at me like, "Wow, this is a young guy." Like, but he's very like he's respectful and he's willing to admit like when he's you know, hey, like what he's seeing, he's at least communicating, and that's a new that's a new age. Uh, yeah, as a coach and a player, all you want as an umpire is somebody who tries hard. Yeah, is respectful, who is um trying their best to not only not be involved in the game and like. The best umpires are ones you don't even remember. Yeah. That you can't even, like, they're not even involved in the game. They're not changed. They're not making their presence felt. Um, the only the only way that those kids knew me in Montana was because one of the players on the team, you know, the team that I was staying with was our cousin. Okay. The only Kyle, thing yeah. that they knew, they didn't even know my name. I loved that because yeah. when they finally selected me, they had to be like, oh, yeah, the Sydney guy. Yeah. They didn't even, they had to find out what my name was. And I think that was cool because like, like you said, if I'm just a bystander, like you barely know I'm there. I thought about umpiring is like, I get a front row seat to a baseball game and I get a little bit of, of influence being that I get to help officiate the game and make it run smoother. That's I, that's the only mindset I could have as right. an umpire. I wasn't trying to change any outcomes. If some kid was a little ratty with me, like I would tell him, like, "Hey, man, I'm trying my best out here. I'm trying to help you. Like, you yep. don't gotta get mad at me. I don't gotta throw the kid out." Right. I did throw a kid out for bowling over a catcher. Yeah. In an age where you know this is like the like right after Buster Posey broke his leg, and this mm-hmm. kid just had all the time in the world to just stop and slow down, and he just. Yeah, that's so like, not okay. But like, I I wanted to listen to those kids. Yeah, and I think that's like you said, the umpire who's trying their best, trying to be honest and willing to b- admit their mistakes is going to make the game a lot someone more fun. who doesn't think they're always right and is willing to always try and get better. Yeah, and that's we we made that transition from what makes a good coach and trainer yeah. as well, and that's why that's what I take the most pride in, other than kind of like the mental health. You know how how I'm very uh, um, I find that very important. I think that's something that I always want to involve in my training sessions is the mental side. But I think my f- you know thing that I'm proud about for myself is the fact that I'm always willing to adapt. I'm, I yeah. never think that I'm the best or that I know everything. Um, I f- I feel like we've we've definitely known that like 
And I think that's something that I've heard from other people talk about us. Like we, they think that we're cocky or confident or whatever it is. And I think it's just like, we know our abilities and we're not, but we know our, we also know our limitations. And I don't think that people see that part sometimes. It's like, they don't see that we know that we're not the best, even though we know that we're good at something. And we're, and most people aren't okay with that. Most people aren't comfortable with that. But I think you and me are because, um, you know, we're, we know that this is how you become better. There's, if room, you there's don't, room to grow. If you don't have that mindset, it's, a, it's, it's harder to get better. Yeah. And yeah. I think we've always known that. And yeah. that's with anything, with video games, with sports, with, with work, with relationships. Like, you can't... Something I saw online where, like, people are like, the day and age when people used to see the people at the top of the leaderboards and be like, how can I be like them? Is changed to yeah. oh that's a hacker yeah instantly people start hating and it's it's all and, hate and it, and it it's a very natural human emotion and we all have it in us but like you said in the past we were able to look past that and still well yeah it, like it it irked me that the guy at the top of the list wasn't me but at the same time I wasn't going fuck you you're a hacker I was saying how do I get better exactly you looked at yourself first yeah. instead of um, instantly blaming someone else and because then, like like we were talking about the golden era of Call of Duty like Black Ops 2 for me was that was that because back then you couldn't hack league play like if you were high ranked in champs league if you were rank one in your in your section of champs league like then you were a good player that was like the, I got there I was like yes I just remember league play when I would uh, you know I would do just enough in all the game modes to be to you know have the argument to be have that four spot on our, on our team but then when it came to search and destroy i just took over and like that was that was my thing i was oh, a search we and were, destroy guy we were search and destroy all together yeah, i think yeah. because of of our cousin and like the 6v6 format for us was always like we are we we could mess around in some of those games and still win and it, yeah. it, it was just so funny how good we were back then yeah. that like when we would find a good team we would all sit up and like mm. like get all i mean we had similar names i mean we changed our names to similar multiple na- times multiple, multiple times. times i mean you guys got convinced me to change my name to queen gangster because we were what was that the royal flush we were we, were we had ace be, king queen we jack 10 be, we were trying to be the royal flush and nobody wanted i had to the be highest the voice i had the highest voice i was the youngest one so i guess i was queen oh, gangster no. i feel so bad because like i was number 10 i was 10 like i wasn't anything special a thousand times better than queen what do you mean <laughs> What do you mean? This was during the 2K8 era when oh, I was ranked. No. I was ranked top 500 in the world in 2K8. Oh, ranked, no. And my name was Queen Gangsta for a couple they months. They probably thought it was a girl. They probably thought it was a girl. And <laughs> oh, God, no, dang, dude. Man. Hey, well, what was it after that? We did like the Mushroom Kingdom because Ryan was Mario, Joe was Luigi, I was King Boo. I remember that one, but I don't remember being a part of that one. I thought you were like Koopa. Because Reedy was Bowser. And he now liked that you say Koopa, it's starting to Koopa, sound familiar. I thought you were Koopa. You might be right. There are so many of those that yeah, it's like... we it's change hard. our name all the I'll, time. I'll never forget when uh, when uh, Ryan's name was Call Me God. and Oh, I took that. Uh, <laughs> me and Reedy's little brother... Was it Brandon or Sean? Was the younger Sean. one? Sean was the younger one. Me and him had this idea to <laughs> change our names to "Call Me Jesus" and, and "Call, call me, me Satan." Satan. 
and we just we didn't tell we didn't tell ryan (laughs) we literally just joined him while he was playing by himself we just joined one of his games he was playing a search and destroy game and he just goes what the hell and then just instantly quits and then changes his name i remember that we costed him five dollars yeah he was so (laughs) upset he was so mad well call me god i I took that into runescape i was i was call me god one sick name yeah, I thought that was a great name. Shout out Ryan Price. Well, yeah, he freaking he came up with like most of the na- the stable names that we had back then. But then, yeah, like you said, like when you guys copied him, like there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like us like fucking with each other back man. then. We played good times. Man. We played Michael Myers for hours on end. With I, re- each other. I remember when we were playing it right here. Yeah, and Grandpa Craig came down. And he was like, "You're playing with Ryan right now," and really, like, yeah, we yeah. Gave him the headset, and he was talking. He was with talking him. to him while we're playing old school Call of Duty, so that you could jump up higher on and get to the glitch yeah, spots. Yeah, we were, and bounce, stuff on the we're doing bounce glitches and shit. Oh man, that was such good times, man. We such would play Michael Myers for hours, hours, and Nothing zombies, better. and zombies, and like, I mean, call, yeah, we because we would get sick of of destroying lobbies, like hundred win streaks, and we we're just like, "You guys want to play Michael Myers?" And at the end of the day, it's like you're just competing when you're playing matchmaking. You just want to like relax sometimes. You know what I mean? We we got to that point where like, I'm sure there were games where we messed around a lot. Everybody gets to that point. There's nobody who can just, because you and me are so competitive for us to get sick of being competitive and just trying to chill and have fun in a video game. That takes a lot. It, it That must mean that everybody feels that way. Yeah. So imagine those guys who feel that way all the time and they have a nine to five job and then they get home, and, it's, and then they're put in skill-based matchmaking, and somehow they get put against people who have been playing the game all day. Guys, <laughs> guys who think that they're going to go pro. Right, and then you're just trying to chill and have fun and relax and sit back sit back on your chair while you play and not have to sit up. You just got home from work, a tired day from work, you're just trying to chill, and then you're just, I feel getting, that. just getting destroyed. I have a 9 to 5 right now. Yeah. So when I get home and I go into MLB The Show and I play some cracked 13-year-old on Adderall yep. who's throwing high and yeah. in every five seconds. That's why it makes sense for you to want to you know, either play ba- Battle Royale because it's All-Star or if you want to play on your Smurf account just so you can I chill. I have two Smurf accounts right, now. Just because you just want to it's, – it's not about destroying somebody. It's about not playing the computer but not having to sw- – not having to sweat so oh i've been doing the the custom stadium creator a lot too so that that has been helping like, yeah, my, you, like you live on there man you make some great stadiums on there i hope so i, I mean the uh they get better as i go because i think i'm learning like what i like and what i don't like but then also taking ideas from other people because right. there's a lot of if you go to the mlb show stadium reddit dude there's mm-hmm. so many better creators than me and i think i think about that in general and i I think about that with content creating. There's so many better creators than me, and I want to like. I wish I could shout out every single just, one of them. Just learn from them, all right? I want to. I want to get better. I want to learn. I want to like have all these cool people on this podcast and like be able to be like, hey, like we're able to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Like we're able to talk about cool stuff that people care about and get deep on this podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. the the main thing with my name being the first thing that you hear on this podcast is that like I'm. It's always gonna be Taylor Price even if it's just me, but like, I want to talk about subjects that people care about. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to be with a guest, like that guest, like what they care about is always going to be something I'm going to dive deep into. Right. Cause like coaching, although I'm not coaching now is something I did dive deep into. Right. I have a coaching degree. Yeah. I literally dove so deep into it. I, I made sure that I was, I got a degree in it. Yeah. And you've, 
you love baseball. You always have. And I mean, you've, you've been asking questions about complete athlete. You're curious about it. And then as soon as you saw our camaraderie and you saw that opportunity for content creating, I mean, you go right back into it Dude, really my, quickly. My so. head exploded. Yeah. I was, I came, I came up with so the excitement that came out of you was, was awesome to see for sure. Yeah. I haven't felt that in a while and it felt good to be like, this could be a whole new direction for my life where I'm like, instead of dreading going into a nine to five, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't dread my job. I have right, great right, coworkers, right. but no, nobody knows what you're talking about or can relate to what you're saying right now as much as I can, because I'm, I, this is my job. This yeah. is my, this is my passion and it's it's something I get paid for, but it's the first thing that I've done in my life that I truly, truly enjoy that that is a job. And, you know, and I think it's not it's not just the job title itself, but it's it's the environment kind of right. that Gabe has created and an atmosphere and of awesome. like uh, of growth. This 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 is the last thing I'll, I'll say because I have to get going here. OK, um, Gabe was working as a financial advisor. He was in that world, kind of like what mom does. Kind of what I'm doing even. He's, he was making, he was making good money. You know what I mean? It wasn't, he didn't do this baseball thing for the money. He knew that he wants to make money with this, but he did this because he knew that this is his passion. He knew this is something that he would have fun with. And I think it's important for most people to find that. And, it's really hard and I don't think everyone will find that. And I do think there are some people out there that don't necessarily need that. They're okay with just having a mundane, like we need, we need a Chipotle worker. You know what I mean? We need, we need mechanics. We need people who are doing jobs that I find awful, awfully terrible and boring and stuff like that and unfulfilling, but we need people to do that. But I don't think, any of those people are going to be as happy if they're not doing something that they're passionate about. Like what you were talking about with getting into the content, creating again, um, doing something that you truly love and that you're passionate about because you, you can just, you see the difference in how much effort and, and, and work that you put into something that you're truly passionate about that you could never do with a nine to five job that you don't necessarily care as much about you know what i mean you're not there's just no way you're gonna put as much effort into that if i had it's to, not you have to i almost have to find the avenue like w- within the job yeah. that is making me happy like the part that i like about my job and i like have to emphasize it in my brain to make it my job feel good is like i enjoy helping people right that's a part of coaching mm-hmm. right or i help content creating helping you guys yeah. create content tell a story that's 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 helping people and that can and sorry to interrupt but that can even come from like an hr manager like 100%. even if you aren't working at a job that kind of like the company is not your passion or whatever but if your passion is to help people just being like an hr and making a good environment is yeah. something that could be something that's that you could be there. passionate about and that yeah. you could love because I'm, I'm i'm within a job where like i help people in a certain way and exactly. it's like it's it's a cool way to help people but like the only thing that i find fulfilling is that i'm helping people right. it's not the the job right. or the company right. or whatever right. Right. whereas like if i'm doing content creating for complete athlete and myself like that's going to be way mm. more fulfilling absolutely so yeah that's definitely a a, 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 a avenue we're going down in the future so completeathletetraining.com completeathleteapparel.com yep. And also Taylor Price podcast on Spotify and YouTube. This has been my brother at Coach Mason Price on Instagram. Uh, Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you're doing this again because um, 
I mean, well, one, we've had such a good talk, but two, yeah. uh, the Complete Athlete Podcast and me are going to be paired together yeah, no absolutely. matter what. I'm telling Gabe, absolutely. and you better tell him too, that like... Yeah, I'm going to be in his ear the whole time. The so. vision the vision that we have right now is is already looking great, so like yeah. I just can't wait to expand on it. So. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited yeah. to see where we are a year from now, man. Hell yeah. Right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.